Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you today. How's the audio coming across right now? Not bad, a little bit garbly, but better than yesterday. Okay. Could be that I might need to speak and then break and then whatever, but we will play with it some more. And sound a good now. Right. Uh, okay, we're, we're good then. Let me hit up with the top. <laughs> I got to hit this one right away. Chris K, top of the morning to you, team. <laughs> Chance girls, please stay out of the comments today. I, I will stay out of the comments today to a degree. But uh, <laughs> so let's hit this real quick so we don't uh, waste any more time. June is Men's Mental Health Month. We are talking about different facets of men's mental health throughout the month as we have been. And we will continue today and well, tomorrow. But uh, and then we're going to be getting into some more depth of topics. Also, none of us are doctors. So anything that we do say uh, anything that we do come across with is our own personal experience and uh, anecdotal information from others that we have been around. If you have any questions or comments, please put them in the comment box. You already saw me toss up uh, Chris's comment there. We do read them all. We do go through them. So by all means, hit us up. It'll be good times. Add to the conversation. And uh, Celtic Mick, first time on the show. Very exciting. Glenn, we've had you before, but it's always nice to see you, brother. And uh, so, Mick, you want to give us a little blurb on who you are, where you come from, all those little things? Sure, and, sure. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be glad to. So, um, I was in two commando when I joined really young age. I was 17 when I went to the recruiting office. And when I was 18, I was in the Army. And I did my basic training. I was sitting there with 150 men. And I was the youngest person in the room. Then I decided I was really good friends with um, with Tim Turner. You guys all know Tim. Funny. Mm -hmm. uh, we were always around. And then he got me into the airborne kick. And I said, yeah, I want to do that. So I was lucky I got right onto the course. I was up in, I think it was in Calgary for about four months. And I had my jump course. And then that following uh, summer, we, myself, Tim, and a couple of other us went to uh, Petawawa. And that's where I ended my career. I spent uh, the rest of my time there. Um, the thing I, I took about it, because obviously, you know, it's Men's Mental Health Week. I really loved the camaraderie because I, you know, I was young when I joined. So that was the first thing I realized, like, how close the people are. Like, even when we went off to Cyprus for six months, and on the way back, we did a, a stint in uh, Edmonton for a couple weeks, uh, just helping the the pilots drop uh, soldiers. So there was a few of us hanging around. It was a good time in Edmonton. Spent a lot of my money that I saved that I was in Cyprus. And we got back into Petawawa the first night. And what I noticed is a lot of the married guys who were with us. So we were gone like a good, you know, seven months or so. And they all were out in the town running it up and having a good time heading to Pembroke and all that even though they've been away from their home and it, you know, the bond was really close. So when I got out of the army, I found it really tough trying to get back into the swing of things of being a civilian. Um, Cause I always had, you know, people around me from like a young age. So I was really, I really used that as a crutch. Mm. I found the first person I met and I got married right away. So I had a, four kids. I got a job and I did the job. I was never really, really happy. And, you know, I had a lot of like mental problems, but I never talked to anyone. I was never comfortable. Uh, the marriage broke down 
eventually. And I met someone else right away. And then that wasn't working. I was a really bad place. I was coming up to like 40 years old and I was in a dark place. And luckily I had an Irish passport. I had applied for it a few months prior previous because my mother is from Belfast. So I was able to have an Irish passport and I said, you know what, I have to change something. So I packed two bags, jumped into a plane and I landed into, into uh, Dublin. I didn't have any plans and people think I tell the story a lot here and people think I was mad, which I was, but you know, I got off the plane and I just looked for the first, the coast coach park, which is like a bus stop. Like, and I saw a bus that said Wexford on it. I said, oh, I'll give it a shot. So I landed into Wexford, went to the Citizens Advice Bureau, found a place, and I had to get all these paperwork and stuff. But people were just so friendly. Um, not that Canadians aren't friendly, but it's a different kind of openness. Like people, if you walk and make eye contact in the streets in like Wexford and that, they'll say hi. And now if you get to know them. Like if I walk to the shop and that, you're going to meet people and they're going to talk to you. Um, but getting away from that story a bit, I was I, in a dark space. I had uh, about 2,400 euros at the time to get me started. Um, and it was really hard to work because I landed on February, uh, February 8th, 2008 in Wexford. And three weeks later, the country locked down. You know, we had the uh, the banks were all closed up. Uh, the you know we had the worst economic crisis since the depression, so it was hard to get a job. I had a decent job when I was in Canada. I was a manager at a transport a company, UPS, and I was making good money. But it, people wouldn't realize that I just wanted to get a minimum wage, just get something to get a place to stay. But that was part of the journey because then. I had always had people that I had to have insulate around me to be comfortable, which what I thought. Um, but then the next three years, I spent totally on my own. I had a little job, uh, which was this working in a taxi base in the local uh, in the local town, which turned out to be a good thing because I got to meet about twenty thousand people. So I got to meet other people, and then for the first time in my life, I was able to be happy with my own skin, living by myself in apartments or flats or stuff like that. And then eventually I started to talk to people and get, get out of my skin. And I started to feel happier with myself. Um, eventually I met my partner who I am now. We've been together for 11 years now. Everything's great. I changed jobs. I got a, I got a couple of degrees through an insurance company here and I'm presently the president of uh, the local Alliance Club until the 7th of July, which I handed over. And it's just I changed it around, but it, it started with happening to be able to be happy with yourself. Before mm -hmm. that, I don't think I was. And I think it goes back to like, you know, trying to replace the camaraderie. Like I know you guys are all, I don't, some of you guys are different. That Tim's different. He was a career. He got out and then he went into uh the police force and the all that stuff and you know sometimes i wish i would have stayed in there but there was everyone has their own journey and you make decisions um but that's fine and i was really blessed because um i had a private health insurance and did screenings at and they came up uh 
just as the pandemic, just before the pandemic, in October before the pandemic hit, uh, blood tests came in. My PSA was a little bit high. So the doctor said, come back in six weeks and we'll take another PSA. So I had no symptoms of anything. And it jumped up again. They said, okay, we're going to have to send you to do uh, an MRI. And so I went uh, the next week to Waterford. They did an MRI. Oh, didn't like that. And they sent me to a specialist and he did a biopsy. And then um, within a few months, like from October to February, February, I had my uh, prostate removed because I had full bone cancer. But I was lucky because I had private health insurance. If I was on the public system, they had during the pandemic, they cut all surgeries. And because of the fast increasing of the, uh, the blood count and the spreading of the cancer, I could have been riddled if I had to wait two years. Mm-hmm. So they removed it now. There's a lot of side effects. There's a lot of mental issues you have to go through because, you know, having your prostate removed is not a great thing for men. You know, it's a good thing for your life because it, it prolongs your life. I'm only, I'm only 56 now. So at the time I was 54. Um, but it, it opened up a, uh, opened up the window because while I was getting ready for my operation, I started walking a bit and then I saw the movie, the way and I said, you know what? I might do the old, I'd rather really do the old Camino. It'd be something to do. So I started walking. I never really liked walking. I thought, and uh, to get in shape. And I said, oh, you know what? I really like this. So then I started studying Spanish and that I made that a quest. Once I f- get over this cancer thing, I'm going to do the Camino. And I put that in my head and I said, okay, I did the Camino. And during that, I said, I started seeing these YouTube and that, and people were going to uh, the Himalayas. And I said, geez, that would be something. But I think you only live once. You have to do stuff. You have to. You have to do stuff. You don't just wait and put things off. If you can do it, do it. So I just said, you know what? I'm gonna. Next goal is I'm gonna try to go to the Himalayas. And in the meantime, I said, you know what? I'm not gonna work because the uh, the average age, the age of retirement in Ireland is 67 years old. And I said, there's no way I'm gonna wait till I'm 67 to retire because I like to walk. I like to explore. I like to hike. I climbed Ben Nevis last year as well, which is the highest mountain in the uh, in the British Isles. You know, so I said, you know, I like to challenge myself. Um, plus, I could be on my own because uh, when I was on Camino, I was on there for like 18 days by myself. Before that, Mick, Mick, yeah. Mick, if I can just interject. <laughs> I was just um, about to. Because we've only got an hour. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Chance, going, like, Chance usually says, uh, can you just give us a 30-second introduction? But I suppose he uh, overlooked I, I was, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was letting it so, run for a bit. So before okay, we jump into what that. we're going to talk, it's okay. It's 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 great. But uh, viewers do expect a certain rhythm here. So we'll try to get back to it. Uh, we're going to talk about the call to adventure. <laughs> yes. And uh, before we jump into that, I do have to clarify where when you went uh, over to Cyprus, was that the 86, 87 tour? Yes. Okay. Well, how long were you in the commando? What years did you serve? Um, 85 to 89, I think it was. Okay, I was yeah. there 86 to 89, so no doubt we were on the same tour in oh, Cyprus. Yeah. I, I hope I didn't uh, punch you out or yell at you, or no. did we get really no. drunk? Because it could no, have no. been one of those three things. <laughs> or all We all thought you were like uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, in my head, I thought I was, and I didn't even know who Tom Cruise was. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, so, Mick... Uh, Thanks for the intro. And what you just described to some degree was your own personal call to adventure, 
right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can build off of that chance. Uh, which Absolutely. direction do you want to take this? Well, I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was actually hoping for a natural conclusion of the story. It just kind of kept going, but which direction? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the, uh, the reason I want to talk about the call to adventure, which is, and the reason why I actually had, uh, Glenn and, and Mick on here together with you, Sean, was the fact that I think the call to adventure gets ignored quite often especially as young men, we find a job and, you know, you find a girl and you start to settle, settle down. Right. And the, the call to adventure is always kind of in the background there. And I know for myself growing up, there was this little thing in the back of my head that said, like, I want to be in the army. I want to be in the army. I'm going to be in the army. But once I achieved that, I didn't really know where to go from there. <clears throat> So the reason I wanted to have you all on here is because you all at different stages of your life have hit that call to adventure and taken it. Some haven't, some have. Blah, blah, blah. So, But I wanted to hear your guys' initial thoughts on that first call. That first uh, when you realize, like, I need to do something totally different. I'm going to go that way instead of the way everybody else went. Um, <clears throat> So I'm actually going to start with Glenn because I mean, Mick, we, we got, uh, I think we got your story there, but, uh, Glenn, yeah. your call to adventure came later in life, right? Or did you have one earlier? You know what? I've had a few actually, yeah. uh, you know, I think, how do I say this? I, you know, the, uh, I, I just saw the title, uh, on my, on my way home, uh, from getting from jujitsu this morning. And I thought it was a great topic because, you know, I was like, Oh, adventure. It's like, okay, let's, big mountains climbing and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you know what? That's, that's one perspective of adventure. And for me, my adventure was also seeking knowledge at the same time. It didn't have to be going to uh, do crazy stuff, uh, you know, crazy trips or whatever. For me, it was like also that was part of it for sure. But it's also chasing different aspects of knowledge and challenging myself uh, so in my first career, I was doing strength conditioning, which was great. And I was working for some, you know, the Olympic team for Canada and the U S and aspects of Australia. And I saw, you know, there's a lot of success there, uh, with, uh, some wins and all kind of stuff. And, you know, after five years, okay, all these boxes were ticked and I was like, okay, like what's, what's next. So in, in interest of, I've always been in, in love the martial arts. So I was like, okay, and strength conditioning was very kind of linear at that time. It, we were uh, mostly focusing on the body, but not so much the mind. So that in turn brought me to going to acupuncture and doing getting a degree in acupuncture and studying while I was working full time and getting my ticket for that, and you know, kind of bringing both sides together. And I noticed that you know, for me to be in that kind of like Western science, all kind of stuff and incorporating the Eastern stuff, there needed to be another bridge. So then, okay, what's, what's the next bridge? So the next bridge for me was going to doing a full 200 hours and immersing myself in yoga teacher training. So I kind of brought all steps together. Each one of those were different adventures mm -hmm. and man, it, it brought, so much experience and meeting so many different people to bring me to different stages that brought me to where I am now at 39 years young, uh, going into law enforcement. 
Mm-hmm. So I think all those different adventures almost uh, kind of were catalysts for the next one and the next one. Uh, so I think adventure is all like a great big trip of going on a big hunt for like a bison or a, a like a like a, a sheep hunt, and also kind of going into knowledge of like okay, what can I learn? Like you know that that for me was probably more of an adventure. Absolutely. Uh, we got comment from uh, quickly just here, Daniel. Afternoon, <laughs> Doctor C says I'll tell you, children and a family is a wild and fun adventure. Absolutely. If that's the adventure you're looking for, because if it's not, and it happens anyway, it can be. I think that's uh, a part of it. But Sean, you've hit multiple adventures. You know, you talked about it in your post today in this morning. But um, what that first one to go and be in the army, was that something from a very young age or was it just like an option to get out? Yeah, it was the least adventurous of all, believe it or not. In the sense of, from about the age of five, my mom tells me, uh, like when we were living over in England and Ireland, that uh, I always was saying that I just want to be in the army. And I was fascinated with soldiers. And I was fascinated with that whole lifestyle, that that adventurous path that I didn't understand at all. Uh, of course, my military career turned into a quite a large adventure. But it wasn't an, an adventurous move for me because it felt right. It felt natural. It felt like that's what I was supposed to be. But the real adventures are, to me anyway, are, as I tried to indicate in my post this morning uh, before I hopped into my live chat, is doing things that just uh, I don't want to do or doing things that I feel like are impossible to do or doing things that I feel like an imposter and there's no way I should be doing it. The photo that I chose as I was trying to discuss the art of pursuing adventure or the way of adventure or learning things through adventure. As I've said many a time, just adventure will teach you a lot about yourself. But as I was trying to formulate how best to describe that, of course, every day it, with my uh, Microsoft OneDrive, I'm reminded of what I was doing 10 years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, 14 years ago, etc. And I've done a few things and a lot of them look like adventurous things. But if, if the adventure that you're in is day after day after day of doing rad riding or rad parachuting or rad whatever, if that's your MO, if that's normal, it's not that adventurous. From the outside, it looks like that's a wild lifestyle. But if you're in it on the daily, it's just the norm. Externally, as people observe it, they see that it's wild. But for me, it's just my day. Now, where it becomes adventurous to me is when I'm heading in this direction, and then I head in that direction. So I listed out some things in that first paragraph in my post this morning, which I've never like typed in a type before in a single paragraph. It made me uncomfortable typing out my adventurous life because I don't like to brag about it. I don't actually like to put it out there so much that it's in someone's face. Then there's some goof out there who thinks that I'm like, shooting off the fireworks about my life. I'm not. It took me a freaking long time to write that this morning. I was really annoyed with myself that I was going to have to put that out to kind of just like, quote unquote, own it in order to make the point that if you follow my career trajectories, they've been going that way, then they've gone 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 that way. I've gone in all the directions in respect to, now I'm going to reinvent myself. 
So that reinvention, a total different direction, to me, that's adventure. And that's why the photo that I chose to assign to that uh, post this morning was me standing in front of a microphone with my coffee mug about to face the eye of Sauron yet again. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to do this. But it's the adventurous part of it. I, it's something that I'm not good at. It's something that I don't want to do. It's, it's all of the challenging things that all come together in this one little microphone that I feel uh, is so challenging that it, it engages me, even though I don't want to engage in it. And so most people wouldn't think that this podcasting thing, that little photo of me standing there, is a big deal. But it's a mega adventure for me. Like they'd, they'd, if I would have put a photo of me fast roping or whatever, doing something that some people might know me for, if I would have put that photo up, it wouldn't have had the same impact to be able to say this, that climbing Everest isn't an adventure if you climb mountains a lot. But if you've never talked into a microphone before, it's a freaking adventure. So... It doesn't, you don't have to bleed and sweat and duck and dive and levitate. You don't have to do crazy things for it to be an adventure. An adventure is this, in my opinion, something that is a wild departure from your standard issue trajectory that you would feel comfortable engaging in. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, you and I were talking very early on uh, in the collective in the idea that uh, those that were to like, if you were a hard charger in the military, I mean, we see this all the time, right? You get the uh, the special forces guys that get out of the military and start a consulting company teaching people how to do special forces stuff to other special forces people, and it it you're not really changing anything. You're just you're the same person your entire life. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it may seem adventurous. You're absolutely right. I like that concept. It may seem adventurous to someone who has never adventured in that realm. But if you're in that realm. I mean, you look at, uh, you made a comment about uh, Lord of the Rings, um, or The Hobbit, I should say. The Hobbit, yeah. Um, in terms of Bilbo having to go on this quest, but it wasn't really a quest until he left the Shire, right? That whole trip through the Shire, it's actually, you know, a good portion of the yeah, book. You, but... you, you eat apples, you nod at your neighbors, everyone's waving. Hey, have a good walk today. I'll <laughs> yeah. see you later this afternoon. Exactly. And then you don't come back. That's and that's when you when you cross. There's a line that you cross that you're like, now nah, I'm in uncharted territory. They actually made a comment of that in Lord of the Rings. They did. They're and walking he, across a field, I believe. Yeah, and uh, Sam goes, "This is the farthest I've ever been from home." That's right. And then they keep going, and I think that's that right. is a it's a key component in the call to adventure that there has to be a point where you go, "I'm in uncharted territory." Yeah. A new footprint, a branch yeah. bank, a new footprint. Yeah. So my question then to, uh, to y'all is what did that feel like when you took that first step across that line? Cause I know, again, I've, I've, I see this a lot from some of the responses and the stuff that I've done in advocacy is that people leave the military and then 10, 15 years like, Oh, I should never have left or, Oh, you know, I wish I had done or oh, this there's those regrets that start to pile in. But that initial call to adventure was there, right? I wanted to get out, I wanted to get married, I wanted to do these things, I wanted to da, 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 da. 
but where was what, what did it feel like to take that step mick yeah like i you, you explained it exactly like i got wanted to to be in the army i wanted to go somewhere get my wings i did that relatively quick and then i decided okay i wanted to get married so i, I got married right away but i was just chasing something i don't know if i really wanted to i just wanted that enclosure so I wasn't really satisfied when I did do that change. Then I completely changed jobs, changed one. Then I, then I eventually draw geography changed it and I went over to Ireland and I've changed so many times. Like I went to the insurance industry, something I never would have thought of. Um, but then I, I gained confidence in myself and I was sort of proud of myself and going back to Sean, Sean, like the stuff that you did, like kudos, like I wouldn't be a, uh, ashamed of, you know, saying what you did, like, uh, really impressed with all your things that you've accomplished. And you should be proud of that, too. And like yourself, when I went through the cancer thing, and I decided to to do these walks and that, then I started, you know, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And everyone thought I was nuts, because it's something that I wouldn't do. I was very quiet at work. I did my job really well. And I was now getting used to having to walk around the streets with the camera in your hand, walking around talking to yourself and I made the mistake of bringing my partner up to Belfast once and I took out the camera in the bus and she's what the heck are you doing he says you're not doing that so hence she's not on any of the vlogs anymore <laughs> but she she lets me do the thing so you know I think I think life is there to challenge yourself like do things different like Sean said don't be satisfied with the status quo and if you find yourself in a rut, then chances are you are in a rut and, and it's okay to deviate a bit. You know, like I feel, I don't, I, I, I feel you only go around once. You may as well uh, enjoy as much as you can. Uh, so my goal is to grow the channel, see the world. Like next yeah. year I'm planning to go to Iran or Pakistan. That's my I'm, goal. I always I set a goal, do something different. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, Pakistan like is it. fun and the street food is cheap, so yeah, there you I'd, go. I'd, I'd recommend. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to say this because, uh, Mick, you raised a, a point that I think is uh, quite important. And so you, you'd say that when you were young, you didn't have much of an idea of what to do next. So, you know, you joined, uh, you hung out with Tim, you both got really good haircuts. And next thing you knew, you were jumping out of planes and that's rad. Uh, but there, there was no like master plan that you were following. Like myself, I had no master plan. My master plan was just to kick that ass that day. Beyond that, I feared the next day would show up, you know? And so I didn't have a grand life plan. Um, to me, the, the, my life trajectory was, was just simply me doing my best and, and being open-minded to the possibilities of what showed up from the sidelines and, and then not being scared to engage in, in what seems like a bonkers challenge. But I have the advantage that maybe some uh, other men don't have and that's I believe in myself because I was taught to believe in myself. I was, I was created to be able to do whatever I want to do based on, you know, the the military career that I was engaged in. It reinforced that I can do anything, and not be scared about it. That that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I'm not comfortable podcasting. I'm not comfortable shifting careers and all of that good stuff. But the military taught me that I can if it's important enough that I can pivot on a dime and go in a completely different direction. So 
Now to you, Mick, you didn't have the plan, but through life, you just kind of bumbled your way forward and learned a boatload of lessons. And now you're in a great place that you have a, a lot more through all of the failures, just like myself, we get clarity. And through that clarity, we refine our trajectory. And then eventually, maybe as we're older, because we're about the same age, uh, I find myself at a point now where the ride was worth it because I understand the ride now. But when I was young, I didn't understand the ride. So to my point, you and I, we didn't think things through too deeply. We just did. But if you've got the opportunity to be able to think things through deeply as a younger man, you should. And I wish someone would have told me that because no one ever did. So what I had to do was figure things out through a boatload of mistakes, which is fine. And it got me to this point, which is fine. But there's two ways to do it. You learn through the school of hard knocks without thinking, or you think and you learn through hard knocks and you maybe get a little further down the road, as it yeah. were. It gives you that plan, right? That direction to at least move forward in rather than just bumping around. I use this analogy in, uh, Glenn, I'm going to come to you in a second here. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I use this analogy in terms of dealing with post-traumatic stress or any type of trauma or any type of work is that it's like walking down a path in, you know, a well-traveled path and the banks are kind of rounded. And if you're to try to leave that path, it takes extra work because there are boundaries there. There are borders there. Are, there's a little lip there that you got to get over which can pull people back to the middle and just pull you back to the path and go, Oh, you know, that's really hard. Oh, that's too hard. Oh, that's just impossible. But well, it's not. it can, <laughs> it, it, it can, can, but there's yeah, no way it ever has to. That's what I was assuming going on, yeah. that someone understands the word adventure Yeah, and we haven't defined adventure yet. So not let yet. me hear your, your definition, pal. So my definition of adventure <laughs> is to, uh, to forge new pathways. That's at the very root of it. In my mind, it is to forge new pathways. If you're going to be going in areas that you have never been and there are no paths for you to take. So even with, let's use my path analogy. If you look at a path and it branches off into five different ways, each one of those is a different adventure. But the true, the true adventure is to kind of turn left and start bashing through the woods, if you know what I mean. You're going to be... Sure, stepping but, right but before, off the before you get to that five uh five point area you just described yourself walking down a single path maybe bumping up against the edges mm -hmm. so how long do you stay in that path because that that path is going to go on forever with tiny little bumps and bruises along the way in a straight yep. predictable path that doesn't scare you so let's talk about that for a sec absolutely um my initial it's kind of funny you brought that up because that's why I was actually going to go there. You've been reading my mind lately and I'm, I'm not really liking it. <laughs> actually, <much>. I actually <laughs> have. <laughs> um, but that path is, it's only been, you only start to see the five path, the, uh, the breach at the breaks in the pathway. Once you start realizing that there are breaks in the pathway. And I find that uh, basically when you're young, you're just watching your feet. You're staring down at the ground, look at your feet. So you're not, you have no depth perception of what's actually happening so that's where my that's where my definition is is that you can continue to stare at your feet and you can walk along that path you'll never see any other branching points but there are thousands of branching points that you have just missed because you're staring at the ground and as to your point sean when you're saying that you need to or not need to but as a young man if you could 
take the time to create a plan, that's you lifting your view and seeing all those branching points and going, oh, I can go this way. Oh, I can go that way too. Ooh. And then you can start making your plan working that way, uh, which will give you more bumps and bruises. Or you can decide that the forest looks pretty cool and start diving through that too. I just think it's the perception. And again, one of the reasons I wanted to ask this, these uh, questions and get into this conversation is the fact that it really just comes down to your conception of needing something different or wanting something different and then going after it. The action's right there. Okay, so with that said, I agree to some degree. However, okay. our my definition and your definition of adventure are quite different. Got to get like a 70% on that or 60%? You got 100%. Oh, okay. you, you For you. For me. Like, I mean, they're, they were your words in your brain that you spoke. So that's your 100% definition of adventure, right? As you just defined Correct. it. Correct. Yep. Right. So now mine is different. I'll give you my 100% uh, definition, which is see the horizon. The adventure is beyond that. I don't care about my feet. I don't care about the little goofy junction that shows up in five minutes. I don't care about the forest off on the horizon. I care about what's out of sight. To me, that's adventure. I look at the horizon and think, I wonder if anyone's ever gone beyond the horizon. <laughs> I wonder if there is another human who can dot, dot, dot. To me, that's adventure. And so I'm stating that not to draw the comparison between Chance and I, I'm stating it to be clear that adventure is as limiting as our minds make it. If you think adventure mm. is uh, waking up and finding your socks in the morning, bam, that's adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's but good there's point. people out there that's that will point. categorize adventure as, wow, I found my socks. Fantastic. I wonder yeah. if I'll find them again next year. Mm. You adventured twice. I so found my fancy socks today. You did. Congratulations. <laughs> you'll, you'll feel special. Yeah. So um, to me, it's the, uh, as, as you're speaking about perception, that is a, you can choose to self-limit your perception by categorizing adventure as, I just wonder if, uh, I wonder what's across the street. And if you've never been out of your door, like the little hobbit, uh, then looking out uh, your door and, and then poking your head back in and, and uh, going for your uh, second breakfast, well, maybe that is your idea of adventure. But as a hobbit, I, I would have been stepping out of a door, looking across the shire, looking across the horizon and thinking, what's all that smoke coming up from down south? I wonder what that's all about. I'm going to go sort that out. I wonder if I need to put out a fire. And of course, there's orcs and trolls, and they're the problem. And so, you know, my adventures, of course, because they are beyond the, we'll, we'll call it beyond the horizon, uh, that's that's what creates the unknown for me. That's what creates the chaos for me. That's what creates the unpredictable force of nature that's surrounding us all the time. If I can see the problem directly in front of me, that isn't an adventure. The adventure for me is not knowing what I'm facing, heading directly towards it, and trusting that somehow I'm going to be able to face up to the challenge. So perception of adventure will drive your sense of adventure. I like that. Glenn, what do you, you got any thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, all you guys put up some really great points, so I can only add on to those things. But 
as soon as you mentioned uh, your own perception of it and same thing with, with Mick and then Sean just kind of ramped it up a little bit more about, you know, self-limitations and that's where, you know, going past that's where adventure lies immediately. I thought about a selection process and self-selection. Mm. You know, it's like, don't, don't self-select, like just it, that, that, that perspective change, like, Hey, this is an adventure. I'll let the selection process select me out, but I'm not going to select myself to, to hop out. Um, so, you know, to, to add on to what you guys have been saying, it's, uh, for me also an adventure is almost, it's, it's almost like a curiosity problem. <laughs> like I want to see like what else is out there. What else can I see? And, you know, all the moments that have led up to that point where I make that decision of going to jujitsu, playing sports and trying different things. It's like, okay, you don't know what's on the, on the other side of that, but you can go back to your own experiences before that. It's like, you know what? I've done all these things. I didn't know how that competition was going to shake out. So, but I'm alive. I got through it with learning a lot of stuff. So this next adventure, I don't know what's on, on the other side of it. It's still going to shake out well for me, regardless of the outcome. Hmm. I like that. Uh, I got one quick comment here. I wanted to toss up salty jinx has, uh, you need to see the unknown part of the journey to feel the excitement of the challenge. And it can be a daily thing. If you're in love with the journey more than the destination. I think that's an, a very astute point. Got any thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, hit the nail on the head with you got to love the journey, not the destination. Mm -hmm. That is literally life, in my opinion. If you if you've already identified at whatever age you are that the penultimate, the the peak of your existence is dot dot dot. Wow, what do you do after that? There is there should be no limits. There should be no destination there should only be a journey and that journey weaves and wends and ebbs and flows its way down a non-linear path just like mick you know when he's out for a walk uh, he doesn't know what's around the corner he doesn't care he's going to walk around the corner and and he'll see what's in front of him and keep on walking and keep on exploring and keep on discovering and that's what life is supposed to be i believe is walking on a path without concern as to which direction it goes or what elevation it achieves, just engage in the path. And the destination, though you may think you've achieved it or you may have reached it, you just pass through it to the next destination that you never reach because you're always passing through it. Great thought. Mick or uh, Glenn? Yeah. yeah. Like, I like to always do stuff now. Like ever since I you know, been in Ireland and I, I tried to do stuff that I'd never done before to see what the outcome is. You know, um, last we, two weeks ago, we I joined the couch surfing thing. So I had a, a young, young lad from Germany come stay with us in the middle of the week overnight. Everyone at work thought it was nuts. Like you're wetting this young stranger. In. I said, ah, and then next month I'm going to Edinburgh for a weekend, couch surfing, staying with a totally random person. That's I've fantastic. Never met and these are things I normally wouldn't do. Um, I've done, I've hitchhiked in the last six months to Waterford and everyone said, no one's going to pick you up. You look at you. And I said, ah, someone will. And sure enough, I got collected and, you know, just do stuff that's outside of your norm. And that's an adventure to me. So when I'm going to a different country, that's going to be an adventure. I'm going to meet people that I never would have met if I just stayed at home. 
And that it's the engagement with these different people, the different cultures. I'm learning Napoli right now, so I can hopefully engage with the people. So everywhere I go, I want to try to learn the language. And that's learning a language is an adventure yourself too. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Absolutely. <laughs> Glenn, you got any thoughts? Yeah, no, you know what? That was a great comment. And, you know, I was kind of thinking because the four of us here kind of, I guess we'll just let's just say for the sake of conversation that we kind of have the adventure mindset as well. I was that 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 comment made me think, okay, what what can go on in someone's mind uh, in terms of them not thinking about the journey as the positive? You know, like I guess is there that you know the journey is is not linear; it's kind of oscillating through and through. I wonder if a paralyzing factor for someone to not start that journey is probably comparison to other people's journeys. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's kind of accurate. Uh, Sean or uh, Milk? Duh. Sean or Mick? Mick. What do you think? Yeah, like like I said, everyone has their own idea of adventure. What What is an adventure to me might not be an adventure to somebody I work with. Um, might not be adventure to Glenn. But everyone has to find what's adventurous to themselves and see what they can get out of it. Because mm-hmm. every time you go out of your comfort zone, I think you grow. Mm-hmm. And it makes you a better person. Whether it's in a positive, if it's a positive uh, situation or a negative, you're going to learn from that. Like if we would have had that young lad come in and he robbed their house or something, that would be an adventure. It doesn't mean I'm not going to stop doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just... Yeah. Yeah, it would have been an adventure for him is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Sean, you got any thoughts on it? I do. It was something that uh, Mick said that made me, that's going to make me um, make this comment. And it's actually quite an important comment that I hadn't considered before. So thank you, Mick, and it'll make sense in a sec. So you'd uh, mm, stated that, you know, you're hitchhiking in Ireland and uh, immediately what came to mind, and it's because I've been to Ireland uh, a boatload <laughs> of times, uh, you know, there's, it's not too uncommon, even on a major road, uh, certainly not on the like uh, quad uh, or dual carriageways or anything like that, but on a, on a semi-major road, certainly going through town centers and definitely on the rural uh, roads, it is quite common to see a big old tractor just driving down the road. Sometimes it's got, you know, mud all over it and whatever. And it's, it's a, it's a farmer who looks like uh, he doesn't even know how to drive sometimes. I mean, like it's pretty rural in parts of Ireland and, and you can get stuck behind a tractor for a good long time. And it's just a way of life, man. It's just, everyone accepts it. So here's what I was thinking as you're talking about hitchhiking. Uh, it wouldn't be too far out of the realm of possibility that if you stuck your thumb out, that a that a tractor farmer would pull over and say, jump up in the cab. And you could have been riding down the street at, you know, 30 kilometers per hour, or 20 kilometers per hour on a long trip, uh, going slowly nowhere almost. You could have been in that cab for a while. And that's an adventure. But it's only an adventure if other people understand that it's an adventure. And so to my point, while we're out there doing all of the adventurous things that we've done in our life, I feel it's our responsibility. And, and it's, it's a fine line between being um, uh, bragging about the things that you adventure in life and encouraging others 
to adventure in life. It's a fine line. And sometimes I've done it right. Sometimes I've done it wrong. But my point is this, if you were in that tractor, you could have been on a video and just talking to the farmer or taking a photo with the farm and saying, that was the wildest adventure I've had this month with the right state of mind and the right conversation and the right setting that tractor ride is a massive adventure. It's just that we don't talk about it because it's, it's, um, it seems maybe mundane to some people, but when's the last time someone drove down a, a main road in a tractor with a stranger, not too often. So in a way, the adventure doesn't have to be grand. It doesn't have to be one leg hopping up Mount Everest. It can be a simple tractor ride. But the important part is not just experiencing it yourself, but encouraging others to experience these unique moments in life that just don't come around every day. Engage, see how it feels. If it's fun, expose it to others as an opportunity just to take a chance in a bit of a different vector that might lead to some a new friend a new hobby driving tractors who knows but adventures don't have to be grand and adventures should be shared with others in order to encourage others to engage in these kind of small and big adventures i like that and i think it also you know, you said it earlier, Glenn, was that it kind of requires a curious mindset. But I was thinking that it starts with questions, just in general. Even uh, your description there, Sean, of I wonder what's over that horizon. There's a question there. And now you want an answer. Well, I'm going to go find out. <laughs> right? You're not just going to look at that dude and say, hey, man, what's over that horizon? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, cool. <laughs> but it's um, it's that question that needs to be answered. It's that, that desire, that, that drive to say, I, I wonder what is this and you know i was talking a little while ago about uh when i was down at branding sitting at the table with all the old ranchers and all the uh just talking ranch stuff i started asking questions that's how it started to the point that i got comfortable at that table and then i was a part of that table um and i think that that's where it comes to your point glenn or to your question earlier i really do believe that um what what holds people back from taking the adventure is the um is the trust in themselves as to sean's point earlier right in the fact that it, whether or not they'd be capable capable of it and but there's uh, a step before that and you've already stated it and it's having the curiosity to wonder if you've got the parts yeah to even be curious to see what's on the other side of the horizon i mean you got to be curious mm -hmm. and i i think that there's quite a few given that it's Men's Mental Health Month this June, and, and of course, uh, PTSD Awareness uh, Day was has just uh, slid by. If you combine PTSD with some mental health struggles, there's guys that don't even want to know what's on the other side of their front door right now because they haven't got the curiosity to wonder if their street has changed colors in the last three years. You know, is there still a house across uh, across the street? They don't know because... They, they don't have the curiosity to be able to look through their front door or window to see what's going on out in the world. Never mind opening the door and stepping out into the big bad world. So you got to have curiosity in order to engage in adventure, in order to learn the lessons, in order to reinforce the fact that adventure is good, in order to then be able to dot, dot, dot. 100%. 
Uh, Glenn or Mick, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, like you were saying that I was watching one of your uh, morning casts there and you were talking about, you know, biking and then having failures and that. And I think it's important that you embrace failures and embrace rejection. I know as, you know, people don't want to be rejected. Normally, it's it's against their normal natural instincts. But I think it's important to put yourself out there and let you know that it's going to happen. Like, you know, if you're trying to engage to a, a, a person and they just fluff you off or say you don't want to talk to you or that, that's fine. But there's another person. But some people are afraid to make a mistake. Um, you have to make mistakes. You have to fail. Because if you don't fail, you're not going to get better. Like you were talking about, you know, when you started your mountain biking, you know, you had to fail a few times to realize that you were interested in that. But I mean, a lot of people use failure as a crutch and they don't like the feeling. So then they stop doing that. And then, you know, that just makes you insecure. And, uh, you know, you have to open up the doors. Yeah, you do. I I think it also has to do with the, there's a sense of accomplishment first off when you're able to actually take on an adventure and carry your, carry on through the whole adventure, right? You, you complete the loop, you finish whatever it is you're doing. Mm. What's up? No, I'll (laughs) let you continue. Okay. (laughs) So there's a feeling of accomplishment, but I think that, um, you know, Hey, I, I, I did what it was I was supposed to do. Awesome. And then you can carry that on. But unfortunately, I see what I see happening, especially with a lot of uh, the with young men that I've talked to, you know, all over the Internet is they hit that sense of accomplishment and then that's it. They just stop there. They're like, okay, cool. We're done. All right. Let's uh, let's walk it out or they'll they'll hang out in that spot. But uh, to what you're saying earlier was the fact that if you fail and you never reach that sense of accomplishment and you just like step away from it as a uh as like a fear reaction that just it builds upon itself to keep you out of the adventure if you know what i mean like so every time you try something and fail that's not going to work you try something else and you fail oh that's not going to work and it can be very it can be very demoralizing until you change your mindset you put a little bit of intentionality into it and start realizing that you can learn about something every single time And I was playing baseball with my boys this morning and my youngest was getting a little frustrated that he couldn't quite hit the ball with the bat until I showed him how close he was coming with the bat to the ball. And then his entire mindset changed because now he was getting closer. And every time he was swinging the bat, it was getting closer and he would hit it every once in a while. And I'd be like, there you go. That's your little piece for today. That's what you learn. You got to bleed those little wins through failures into the adventure at least in my point you got something to say uh (laughs) push back on that sean no not push back uh just the you're kind of making the point uh, at the back end there in the sense of i think that most people initially engage in wanting to win they want to win yeah they want to hit the baseball they want to they they want to blah 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 but what i'm suggesting is don't start anyone on day one to pursue the win if you could somehow through magic and whatever, uh, convince that person on day one to pursue failure, to pursue losing. If you lose enough times, you'll eventually start winning. But if you pursue winning, maybe you'll never ever win. And so the idea being that 
by so desperately focusing on hitting the baseball, someone will miss the entire idea that it's not about the ball. It's about you. It's about, it's not about the swing. It's about your mind. It's not about, so all of the external vectors that people focus on of perfectly hitting that baseball on day zero, it was never about the baseball. It was only about our internal makeup and how we view the world and how we process these things to become a better person. At a young age, a young boy can't do that very well. That's why they need a mentor. That's why they need someone who has been out there and adventured so much that they can properly define adventure to a young child. And it should never be through the lens of, listen, kid, in order to be successful in life, you better hit that baseball today. That is that is obviously not the, the lesson because that is not adventure. That is focusing on, on the destination, not the journey. Um, so the point that I did want to make there um, was some folks out there will consider thinking about their adventure as the actual adventure. You know, one of these days... I'm going to go out on an adventure. For now, I'm going to plan my adventure. And then the planning becomes the success. I successfully planned an adventure. I think we're going to go do it next year, but I'm feeling pretty good about planning it. And so the constancy of thought versus non-action is one of the biggest issues that I see in respect to the call to adventure. Adventure requires your feet to move in front of each other. It doesn't require you to stand there and think about adventure. Adventure is literally what Mick is doing. Walking, not knowing where he might end up, and seeing what shows up. That is the complete opposite of sitting in your house and planning a walk, but never putting your shoes on. Yeah. Now, we have a couple minutes uh, before I want to do final thoughts on this, but a quick question on it then is, how do we get more people moving? Because there's a lot of sedentary people out in the world not not adventuring in any way, just letting their days slip away. What are What can we do as mentors, as leaders in the field, as people that just want to do stuff? How do we get uh, how do we get them off the couch? How do we get them on their feet? Glenn? Yeah, I think conversations like the ones that we're having today and that we've been that the collective has been having since day one in January is just sharing that like the first step doesn't have to be something massive or like you know one million YouTube followers subscribers worthy. It's everyone's got to start somewhere and sharing all our stories of hey, it started up with this thought and then doing something small to immediately action that thought i think is you know a probably a pretty good solid first step i like that mick yeah like you know start with like for myself i was 13 years a vegan until 14 days ago and then i'm on day 14 of the lion diet so everyone at work thinks i'm nuts there again too but it's doing something different mm. and challenging and it's very challenging just eating Red meat, water, and salt. But I set, set myself a task. I'm going to do it for 30 days and see what that brings. So like that. You, you can do little things too. That's very true. Sean, you got thoughts on that? 
Yeah, and by little things, that's not actually a little thing, in my opinion. That's a big thing. That's, that's a big trajectory shift from vegan to meat eater, uh, solely meat eater. And uh, what that shows is a growth mindset. Uh, it shows that you're open to new challenges, obviously, and you're not afraid to fail. I mean, you could be 13 days into this thing and think, oh, forget about it. It's not for me. So the 30 days is not carved in stone in the sense of, I'm, I'm on day 12, I'm going to be in hospital, but I'm going to stick to meat. And so it's, it's having a certain sense of drive towards the challenge that you don't properly understand yet, having the ability to commit with faith that you're going to learn something through the process. And by the way, be able to have that conversation with others at a later date to help either impart some casual wisdom or some opinion or or mentorship in respect to uh nutritional approaches etc and i think adventure it, if adventure was just about looking out beyond the horizon and thinking that's just me on this solo journey again here i go just doing me and no one blah 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 it's not about that the lessons that we learn are supposed to be passed on to the people around us so Part of the adventure is observing the adventure for others in order to be able to impart that sense of adventure into them. Mm, I like that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I like the concept of even mentoring as an adventure in that if you've never done it before, if you've never tried to teach someone anything uh, you know i've heard this many times is that you'll never learn something as well as when you have to teach it to somebody else and i think that can <laughs> even that can be an adventure and you know i remember seeing the boys and girls club when i was younger or the big brothers and uh, big sisters and those kinds of organizations that just try to get kids attached with somebody who has some world experience to mentor them through some difficult times but and that can be an adventure in of itself now we're a couple minutes, a uh, couple minutes left. Any final thoughts on the call to adventure on adventuring as itself or anything else we've talked about? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, you know, the, not the LaShawn's last comment, comment, but the one before that about uh, adventure and curiosity, you know, it, that just made me think about all the people that you guys have had on this podcast like uh sean's two mountain bikers i always get is it i think it's andrew uh, and julie andrew and julie you know their first 24-hour away started with a question i i i assume like i wonder if i can do this and then look at them doing it they're crushing it crushing. and then and satch same thing i wonder if i can do 22 marathons in like 22 days like like what seb doing a master's in homeland defense and uh uh something Super Global star. terrorism, at yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And uh, Julie doing like seeing how far she can push her 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 body and bodybuilding, like all these people, and 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 especially you guys starting. You know, Jeremy first. I wonder how this podcast is going to shake out. <laughs> let's like hold my kombucha and like let's <laughs> let's let's have a run with it. And I think just being kind of grateful for Sean to bring that up, and I guess for for all of us to kind of sit with it for a second like that's pretty darn cool man mm, that's kind of that's that's my that's my thought i love it mick 
I just, you know, enjoy the ride. And uh, the, the luxury of, like Sean was saying, having a YouTube channel, you get to share it with other people. So you can see my journey and learn from my mistakes and what I'm going through and then see how I'm getting on. So I think it's a win-win. I like it. Sean? Yeah, the topic of call to adventure, which we talked about, you know, uh, from a several different angles, I feel is a conversation that lasts an entire life. Um, <laughs> the the trick being that I think the catchphrase of call to adventure, it's a metaphorical statement that is supposed to represent um, you facing something that you don't understand, you engage in it without maybe fully believing that you can do it, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a metaphorical statement. It is not a practical statement. No one's going to call you up and say, let's go adventure. There's when, when you get into your car, you won't hear any, uh, you won't hear bah, 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 call to adventure today. You've got to go form your own adventures. No one's going to hold your hand or, call you up every day and say let's go adventure you have to tell yourself that you've got to own the call to adventure you've got to call yourself out to call for adventure it's not a passive action i have never just kicked back and thought well adventure's just going to keep showing up every day no i've gone and throat punched adventure and owned it as best as i can you've got to be aggressive in your pursuit of adventure. Just just don't let it happen. Go make it happen. That's a great point. I, uh, for many years, I waited for opportunities to uh, arrive in front of me versus seeking those opportunities and attacking them. Like this one right here, Operation Pegasus Jump. Never jumped before. Tim got it started and I was like, I'm in, let's do this. I'm coming to jump out of an airplane, let's go. Uh, and it was an amazing adventure. <laughs> met all kinds of new people met did all kinds of new things and it was for me i got to grow out of it i got to be more i got to do more i got to see the world in a new light from 4500 feet jumping out of a, an airplane <laughs> that's a it's a different way to look at the world but i would never have actually uh been able to experience that had i not said i'm down let's go and yeah, yeah, that and maybe it. a little bit of a sideline abuse from your buddies. There was some of that, yeah. <laughs> so we didn't touch on peer pressure in respect yep. to adventures, but maybe that's another time. That could absolutely be another time. I was actually going to add some peer pressure right now. You, I was going to okay. go off of what you said and that there's no call to adventure, but here, guess what? Here it is. Go adventure. <laughs> this is it right here. If you're listening to this, this is your call to adventure. And the best part is it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what shape you're in. It doesn't matter where you are in your head. There are adventures in all aspects of life. And as you learn what adventuring is, that means you can build upon a concept of what the call is. And then you can grow as better men, better people, better society-wide adventuring out into the world. But the first step is always this. Take the first step. And you can do that with us here on The Collective every day. We'll see you all tomorrow. Keep